So here we are at Adelaide's Expo, and it is an exciting expo of Adelaide, but I'm yet to find the booths dedicated to uh, Colonel William Light, the uh, surveyor who first laid out Adelaide's plans, or Edward Gibbon Wakefield, the um, idealist who made Adelaide the haven it was for free settlers. Are you, sir, perhaps, are you dressed as Colonel Light? I am dressed as Colonel Light to save the world. That is my mission. My mission I've been set to, the, to Adelaide to save the world. Dresses Colonel Light. And are you representing a particularly difficult time in the Colonel's life when perhaps while surveying Adelaide before the city was built, you uh, lost all your clothes in some kind of, you know, freak kangaroo-related accident? Kangaroos are pretty tasty. I must admit, medium rare, kangaroo is the best tasting meat I've ever had in my life. Wouldn't you agree, sir? Um, sh yeah, sure, sure, I guess it is. Our proud state is founded on that. I'm still, I'm looking for the booths that are dedicated to Adelaide, though, because I'm seeing a lot of dildos and panties and fluffy handcuffs, and it is called Adelaide's Expo, so um, somewhere around here there must be something. Can you direct me to the Adelaide part? Adelaide part? You're looking at it. If you look down at my pants, my underwear, uh -huh. there's some Adelaide parts going on. It's long, it's hard, it's got two round things, and that's what we call Adelaide. It, yes, that is the mall's balls, yes, the, and the long streets stretching from north to south and along those uh, regular axes, which was particularly yeah, envisioned by Colonel Lott, yes. And do you have anything to say to the naked man? Um, the, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Jim appears to have lost his voice, but it is. An, I think that's a very accurate representation of Adelaide. Thank you, sir, for uh, wearing Adelaide upon your body like that. Appreciate it, no worries. You're doing our city proud. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hello, ma'am. We've been at this Adelaide's uh, Expo for a while now, and we're yet to see where the Colonel Light booths are, where they're celebrating Colonel Light, the surveyor who first laid out Adelaide, and Edward Wayford Gibbon and other important Strickland Kingston. There's no mention of the old gum tree proclamation day. Where is the celebration of Adelaide here? The celebration of Adelaide is right under this top here. Ah, so you're wearing the bikini because uh, you're, you're symbolising the South Australian beaches which drove the first settlers to this part of the world to lay out Adelaide straight and narrow street? If that's what you say, absolutely. We're all about um, Adelaide and supporting. It's, it supports Adelaide, this top right here. It's good that someone is actually holding up their end because I'm not sure what the hustler bags and the massages have to do with Adelaide at all. They've misnamed this Adelaide's Expo. It's not about Adelaide at all. No, it's not Adelaide's Expo. It's Adelaide Sexpo. Oh. It's really been a typo. Wait, did you know that, Jim? Uh, kind of, yeah. And you didn't tell me? It was kind of funny watching you, like, make a mess of yourself. I thought it was a typo. No, 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 it's definitely not a typo. Adelaide Sexpo, does that... Well, Let me fill you in on what Adelaide Sex Expo is about. It's about sexuality, health, it's about lifestyle, it's about embracing adult encounters and adult sexual nature. Um, we've got everything from stage shows to um, lingerie to massage to um, sexual toys and all sorts of things. So it's um, quite different than the expo that you were after, but I'm sure you won't have any trouble having a good time here. I feel completely out of my depth. Does that mean, ma'am, that you are some form of uh, adult star? 
Yes, though I'm not an adult porn star, I am in adult entertainment. My name's Miss Trinity Porter, and I'm here with my lovely two girlfriends all the way from Perth, and we headline Sexpo as strippers. We do the three-girl live on-stage strip show, and then while we're not on stage performing together, we're here at our booth with people like yourself doing interviews and taking topless photos and giving away souvenir show bags. I was a uh, uh, child star. How does that compare to adult stardom? Because, I mean, when I was young, I would have to sing Good Ship Lollipop, and if I got out of key, they'd put me in the box for uh, ha- half a day. Just the box. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really child abuse. The dark box. The dark, a dark box with two, two air holes. How does, that, how does that compare? Well, there's things here that could potentially punish you, and we could put you into... I don't like the punishment. I remember it with horror. But we do it in a loving, gorgeous way. And here you've got to be 18 years and over. We, we don't do anything with child stars. So this is adults only. Would are you going to see the show later on? Uh, I don't know. Now my plans are all blown out of the water. I have no idea what to. Um, my expectations have changed completely. I don't know what I'm going to do at all. Well, listen, stay calm. First things first. Don't rush. Go around, see everything. And at 9.15, be sure to be on the main stage. If you can bear with me a moment... I am glad I'm here. Finally, we're talking to someone because I do have an overwhelming interest. You described that you're in the entertainment industry. You're a hobbyist. You're into, you know, engaging with people. I also have something that I'm very interested in. I'm uh, very interested in in role-playing. Oh, okay. What what role-playing would you like to do? Just a moment, Jim. Can you hold the microphone for a second? Sure. Pretty exciting. I know. I'm, like, frothing at the gash as we speak. So I've got my six-sided die and my 20-sided die. I also have my Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition rules, character sheets pre-made up, and a dungeon with uh, 10 foot by 10 foot rooms. So, uh, and pre-made up characters. So if if anyone wanted to play a Dungeons & Dragons session, then... Would you be interested? Uh, Am I in the dungeon? You could be. Okay, I'm interested. (laughs) This would be your character. That's the second page of your character sheet. Then this would be the first. You would be playing as Asmoliax Lathathrathafandor, a half-elf fighter mage. And uh, you have a long sword, you have a pseudo-dragon companion, and you would be venturing through a fantasy world to explore a dungeon and uh, plummet for its treasure. Yes, I love plummeting, I love treasure, and I love dungeons. So I'm excited. Right. So, Jim, you can play the mongrel man. The mongrel man, really? The mongrel. What can I do with my longsword? Well, that's up to you. So there you go, Anything Jim. There's I your, I'm gonna need. My, I'll need my monstrous manual. That's right there, and uh, my my player's handbook. There we go. Okay. So. This guy is fully equipped. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I know. Experience is the key here. Yes. It All sure right, is. Hello, and I am talking to Emily. And you are you work for Selfish Pleasures. Yes, we can we can't read it on the radio, so you will have to tell us. Now uh, tell us what sort of products you sell here. We're selling vibrators, dildos, creams, outfits. Mm. And uh, are your products tested on animals? Not that I know of. Hopefully not. Oh. Well then how do I know that they're gonna be safe? I mean We know they're safe. They're certified safe. Who have they been tested on? Not sure. No, so there's no it's not like there's no dangerous chemicals, so they're safe. They're devices for pleasure. What if I... Um, I have a friend who's suffering from severe leprosy and has lost feeling in large parts of their body. Um, is, it, is it likely to be powerful enough to still stimulate through to the dead nerve endings? Should be able to. 
And what about sometimes, you know, being a leper, pieces will fall off, come loose. D does a warranty cover that? Should cover it. And definitely not myself, but again, another friend who had a, a small issue with a uh, uh, bodily prolapse a while ago. Um, is it likely to loosen that? No, they should be fine. <laughs> should be okay. They're prolapse safe. Prolapse safe. But not tested on the prolapses of animals? No, of course not. No, because that would be wrong. Do we have any testimonials that someone can t come and tell us? Yes, I recommend this because... Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I sell them. I, don't, I have tried a couple of them out, I must be honest. So... She, they do go really well. And she also assured us they were prolapse safe, that they won't cause any prolapses to re-emerge? No, no, there will no, be no prolapsing of any organ. None of the stitches will come loose? No, 100% not, 100% not. Awesome. I think my aunt's going to be happy. I think so. So long in that wheelchair and that home, and finally she's going to have a bright sunny day. It's a perfect gift. It is. Hello ma'am, and can you describe your shop? It's California Exotics. We've got show bags, lingerie, toys, whatever you want really. I'm interested in a very specific kind of uh, uniform. A uniform? Well, we've got everything from corsets to your schoolgirl, your flights, your army, your cop. We've got good girls, bad girls. Everyone has a specific fetish. I would really like a sexy oncologist's outfit. Do you have a sexy oncologist's outfit? I think the closest you'll get is a nurse bent over a desk. Well, they're not really nurses. They're, they're more qualified than that. There are more years of university involved. Yeah, I don't, I don't think these girls are quite that qualified, unfortunately. No. Well, maybe if we got the nurses... We had to, if we had the nurses' uniform and the right shoes, do you have any shoes that go with an oncologist's uniform? Actually, we have no shoes. No shoes at all? No shoes. Oncologists definitely don't go barefoot. These ones might. <laughs> are your nurses' uniform high visibility and waterproof in case I was, like, walking the dog? Oh no, this definitely isn't safety conscious. <laughs> no, no, that's too bad. See, the oncologist, I really wanted the oncologist. Yeah, I know, but a, a, a shoeless nurse, that, that's not very safe sex there. But if we're, if we're still going into the fantasy, do you have any nurse's outfits with a papoose attached? No. No papooses. If you find one, I'd love to see it. That would be, that would be. Do you at least sell like notepads so that she could come up and say, your melanoma has metastasized in a sexy voice? You have a 50% chance of living. Well, I'd imagine that how she says it, she'd say it so many times for you that you'd have that deep inside. Maybe, maybe you could help us out just, you know, in a husky voice say, I'm sorry, but we'll have to use comfort measures. I'm sorry, but we'll have to use comfort measures. Oh, God, Jim. Oh, I can't handle it anymore. You're going to have to finish off the interview. Of course I am. I always have to finish off everything. You have been hired by... The uh, mayor of Halfling Town, Wilberforce Rumbleshanks, because his daughter was rambling in a field near the old keep and went missing. So the two of you, uh, you're going to have to find the Halfling mayor's daughter now. Yes, I love finding rambling women. And she's very young. They're very worried about her. So you... you, you she didn't say pants. You both managed to go... You, you leave Halfling Town and you do see the ruined keep in the distance. There is a single gap in the ruined walls. You're approaching with your friend Mongru, the Mongru man. Um, when me and Mongru, we find this rambling daughter, mm -hmm. can we do what we want with her? Well, it's up to you. It depends whether you want to play a good person or a bad person. Or What if we want to play one each? <laughs> well, then that's, that can cause conflict within the party. And usually, you know, the, you want the party to agree. But if, that, if they don't, that's okay. It's more like good cop, bad cop. So well, the well, like, if we can do that and we can, like, do what we want with that, it totally, this whole game of Dungeons & Dragons fits perfectly here at Sexpo. All right, so you're approaching the keep. 
you see that gap, what do you want to do? You can do anything. You can climb over the walls. You could you enter. See the, the gap. It, yes, the gap in the walls. It's all above board here. We got gap. We like gap. So we are going to enter the gap. Yes. Totally entering the gap. But cautious. Right. You see, the keep itself is mostly destroyed. Only a few shattered walls remain. A few pieces of rock. There's a lot of rock debris so around the place. Been in the gap before us. They, it looks like well, time has destroyed the gap, as so often happens. Oh, yes. You gotta look after the gap over time. Yes. I mean, you can't see anything but debris and rubbish around, but with your keen half-elf senses, you do notice what looks like some kind of serpent lying amongst the rubble. There's a serpent lying amongst the rubble. That's what it looks like. Okay, I've got my long sword in hand. I'm ready in case, you know. You have a spell as well. Which oh. spell do you have? You have uh, uh, magic missile, is your spell. You're level one at the moment. Mm. Okay, how do I get to level 10? Uh, you have to kill monsters and do things what like about that. The snake? Can I kill the snake? Right. You run toward the snake, your long sword raised, um, and as oh, you approach, you realize. It's fully raised. Bursting out of the rubble, you see the snake was just one long serpentine tendril on the face of a terrible looking caterpillar like monster known as a carrion crawler. Let me find a picture. Carrion yeah. crawler, giant serpent, long sword, ready. What am I saying? Magic missile. Oh, you're right. You want a magic missile of the carrion crawler? Okay, and a magic that's missile, what it, everybody. There we go. That's what it is. Like a big magnet. Is it like a magic missile toe? So if I rave, if I cast a spell over them, they're gonna kiss me. You probably don't. Want, it, it has a, uh, an assortment of paralyzing tendrils coming Ooh. from its uh, See, terrifying maw. Yeah, so uh, you one are. One kiss of the magic missile toe spell. You might be partly immune to paralysis being a half elf, though. I'm totally immune. Alright, so you cast Magic Missile. Let's see how many hit points does it have. Oh, it's probably got... So you have to roll your damage. Where's the dice? D4 plus one. So you need a... D4 plus one. It's the one controlled the, the one shaped like a pyramid. Shit. You need the pyramid dice. The pyramid! That one. No, not that one. Oh, oh this one. Yeah. No one ever knows how to roll that one. Oh, that's the... Uh, a different kind of polyhedron. Jesus. Oh. They're fiddly. Don't lose them down but there. You know what? I can say in all my 10 years of traveling with Sex Row, this is the weirdest shit that's ever happened. Oh, no. no one has ever done this. So, you know what? This is a normal as weird night for as us. you are, this is awesome. This is New experiences. I love it. I'm down for the get down. This all right, here we go. We oh, four. Four maximum damage. Let's see. It isn't. Maximum it is. damage. Yeah. You uh, Misted say, and fisted with the mistletoe. You say an incantation. I mean, magic missile. Yes, and from your fingertip, a missile of pure energy like an arrow bursts out. It hits the carrion crawler in its tentacled face. There is a splattering of uh, maggot-like blood, but unfortunately, the carrion crawler is still standing. It's still intact, and now it's angry. Now, Jim, I notice you're not doing much playing. Ma'am, would you like to play as Mormon? Yeah, you're my sidekick. You have... You're my, like, trusted friend. And we're going out looking for some rambling... Innkeeper's daughter, we've gone through the gap, we've got our long sword, we've got our thing, and we're gonna, when we find her, we can do what we want with her. Yes, mongrel, okay. mongrel. is a mixture of various species. Uh, it has the one leg of a cow, one leg of a praying mantis, oh, like a yeah, the lower half of a penguin, the upper half of a turtle, a squid arm, like and a sugar glider, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and a sugar glider arm. Can we play topless? It'll make it way more fun. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, well, usually what happens at the tabletop is that people will try to bribe the dungeon master with um, 
with uh, I think they're trying to bribe you yeah, right now. Experience. It won't make the game easier. I've learned to be disinterested. I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> he, okay. he certainly has. 20 experience at least. That's going to be fair. Hello, ma'am. And can you describe uh, what you're in charge of? Okay, well, at the moment, I'm not necessarily in charge, but I'm looking after the money shot, which is basically where you got to throw two dildos, which one is longer, <laughs> two big black dildos. One's longer, one's shorter, but a little bit girthier. You got to try and fold it, <laughs> throw it into these holes, either a woman's vagina, a woman's anus, or a man with piercing blue eyes, his mouth. Yes. But why, I mean, why would those be the target for those objects? I don't understand. Because we're at Sexpo. I mean, we probably have to choose the most sexual holes we can find to throw things into. Why would I don't understand, Jim. Why those holes? Because that's how you have sex. What do I do? I'd heard rumours at school that that was how babies were made. I never believed it because my mother told me that babies were made when a woman hates herself so much that she drinks to cover her self-loathing. And then next morning in the garden, a little me appeared. <laughs> that's perfect. I love your story. I think we've learned something interesting. Take something titillating, private and exciting, and put it in an exhibition hall environment, and it becomes completely unappealing. Totally unappealing. I mean, I pretty much never want to have sex ever again after this. Let's, we're going to join a monastery, right? Yes, yes. I, I think I could rock the Friar Tuck look. It works, yeah. I think Greek Orthodox for you with that beard. Yeah, maybe Greek Orthodox. That might, that might work better, yeah. You know what it's like, Jim? It's like being at the Royal Show, but no petting zoo. Mongrel, do you want to attack the uh, attack, carrier? Attack, attack. What are we attacking? Uh, what does Mongrel have? Mongrel has... Oh, Mon Mongrel has a long sword as well. So, yeah, let's we see. we've got two long swords for double penetration. What is the... <laughs> We're going to long sword the shit out of these people. This is why, <laughs> this is why DM screens are needed. I want to uh, be a unicorn. She has a dra she has a small dragon that sits on her shoulder. You could perhaps be the small dragon. So seven. So what you would need is you'd need to roll eleven or higher on that to hit it. Yes, you did it. So now what is it? It's uh, what size? D eight. D eight. Yes. What do we need? Oh, we need to. There we go. That's a D eight. So you roll that one. Oh, maximum damage as well. Your sword crashes down into the back of the carrion crawler, cutting it in half. The multiple legs on one side shiver and twitch as it dies. The multiple legs on the other side shiver and twitch as it dies. You have slain your first monster. You are yes. Oh my god, I just got an orgasm. Yes. As as Mongrel, in Mongrel's lower half is a penguin, so it has a penguin-like orgasm of some kind. There we go. That that would probably be the sound of the yes. So we're attempting a ride, it is called the gerbil, it's like a ghost train type arrangement. I'm pretty sure it's going to haunt my, my, my dreams forever. Yes, just how horrifying is it, we're soon to find out. Uh, we'll have to narrate this adventure. So we're entering a, a large mouth, reminiscent of Rocky Horror. It is indeed, um, except probably not as pretty. Mm, yeah. What is that Rocky Horror guy's name? Frank Inferta, what's the actor? Frank the actor? Uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry Ooh, has nicer lips. The penis door. We went through. We we went through the penis door. I'm we're gonna have a. Right now. We're having an epileptic uh, fit. Uh, I'm not sure what that was. It looked. Glowing penises are coming at our face. <laughs> when I say our face, a few meters above us. Uh, now. Oh, someone just touched me. <laughs> we are gonna. It's just like a typical ghost train. There is touching. 
We're seeing mannequins, naked mannequins. It's like visiting Kmart. It was kind of like two girls, one cup, but without the cup. It's a Kmart ride, okay. Oh, we got sprayed by something. Uh, there's more mannequins. Uh, there we go. <laughs> more mannequins having sex. It says. That's what it said. There's a dick guillotine. Pretty sure a dick just got cut off back there. So, uh, how, how are you feeling, Jim, as we approach the end of this ride? Uh, disturbed. Was it worth the $5? Probably not. Hmm. What's the most depressing thing you've seen so far, Jim? Um, probably going to have to say all the boobs. <laughs> uh, uh, you must have sharper eyes than me, because I haven't really noticed any. They're like neon signs to me. Mostly because I don't want to look at them, but they're like blaringly obvious to me. It's the kind of thing you, you know, when you don't want to see something, it's all you see. Like my face? Something like that, yes. Particularly in the mornings. Or like that time I Skype video called you on your phone when you were having sex. Alright, so I am here with... EJ Mason. EJ Mason, and you are here because... I am selling my book called Sex and the Suburbs. And uh, what is the theme of Sex in the Suburbs? What's going on with uh, Sex in the Suburbs? I thought there was no Sex in the Suburbs. You're claiming that there is. I can say that Sex in the Suburbs is a bit more reality than the fantasy world that a lot of people live in. I love a fantasy world. It lets me escape from my day-to-day -day existence, my paunchy, bold life. And that's the point, is you've got to get into your reality and be aware of your reality. You enjoy it much more. Most people don't like my reality. You might not like it, but somebody else might. They run away from my reality. Well, my reality is sex in the suburbs, and most people like that. And uh, what if there is a, like a zoning change, and it becomes sex in the CBD? Then do you have to do you have to exclude it from your book? No, not at all. Its next one is actually called Sex and the Society, and the one after that is called Sex and the Secrets. And I believe you were saying that uh, people try to cover this up, especially in Adelaide. Adelaide is not particularly open about this sort of thing. That's right. When I did my research, not a lot of people wanted to talk to me. Oh, uh, it, what does that say about us? Are we too traditional? Are we boring? Are we, are we just secretive? We all have uh, bodies in the, in, the, in the basement. I think she was just talking to the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. I talked to the suburbanites, which are very... I mean, just ask the Adelaide City Council, aren't we all making a mess of the new Adelaide Oval? We could be having sex in the suburbs on the Adelaide Oval. That could be more exciting. Yeah, that's true. We could actually be just in the parklands and enjoying it. Yeah, I think, well, there's already Sex in the Parklands. That's a different book, Sex in the Parklands. Oh, you're familiar with that one, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that would be the South Parklands, would it? I believe so, yes. I believe so, too. Just to clarify, I, I'm not actually familiar with that. Sure, okay. Not personally. Okay, sure. Serious. Secondhand? Secondhand, totally. Not, no, not, per, not firsthand. No, not one fist? Just secondhand. <laughs> anyway. It really is about awareness, isn't it? It's about what you're actually aware of and what's going on. And like I said, talking to people and it's very taboo to talk about SEX, you know. Were you saying uh, your book was uh, bigger in America than it was here? That's correct, yep. It was published in America last year and it's doing very well. And I'm trying to get it out here. And it's, as I said, very conventional arena of Adelaide. Isn't that odd how that works? Everyone assumes that Americans are happy to talk about violence and not to talk about sex, and yet... That's very interesting. I, 
Uh, and what will people be reading about in the book? I mean, Sex and Suburbs is broad. What sort of things will they be learning about? Okay, the main character is a man, which is very different. So it's written from a man's perspective. Most, uh, I guess, erotic fiction is um, based on a woman. Um, even rom-coms based on a woman. And, uh, yeah, the book's actually being adapted for a script for a movie too. So I'm looking for a really nice hot Mr. Smith. Is there gay sex in it? Doesn't, no, it doesn't. I'm sorry. But that doesn't exclude it because sex in the suburbs, there's gays, there's all sorts of sex that goes on in the suburbs. So is it a fiction but it's based on real research? Yes, it's um, a, what they call a um, compilation of people uh, into one person. So, yeah, and that's Mr Smith versus Miss Jones. So, you know, we all hear about the Joneses in society. Everyone has to be like the Joneses and drive their tourac tractor like the Joneses and have the two-storey house and the two-and-a-half children and things like that. But don't you dare talk about sex. Many people are trying to break into various aspects of the creative writing industry. There are various young people out there trying to do it. As a successful author, what tips would you give to younger people, especially those trying to talk about potentially controversial subject? Write what's in your heart first. What comes to mind, use your gut feeling, go with it. Don't change it and don't ever let an editor take control of your work. If they don't like it, find someone who does. Have editors tried to censor your work before? Uh, they didn't censor it because I asked, or, well, I demanded editorial control. Uh, they, they did suggest changes. Uh, some of them I took on board um, and most of them I didn't. They say that the apprenticeship to become a successful novelist is 10 to 15 years. Does that mean that uh, in your desk drawer there are a bunch of practice manuscripts, sex in the country, sex in the village, sex on the offshore oil rig, things like that? Well, actually, no. I just went straight to the top and went and met the writer of Sex in the City. And uh, she took me out for a few cosmopolitans, probably more than I needed. Uh, however, she gave me a lot of tips, T-I-P-S. Uh, just the tips. Uh, she also uh, signed my book for me. Uh, she gave me a signed copy of her book, so, you know, I've got a collector's item, yay. Uh, but I actually realised how normal she was. You know, she's a billionaire, but very normal person, which was great. You've just made every aspiring creative writer in the world hate you. Absolutely. Bring it on, baby. Were there any challenges writing from a man's perspective? I mean, men for centuries, you know, wrote books from a woman's perspective with varying degrees of success. Is it easy because men are basically transparent? Men are simple, yeah. No, uh, well, I grew up with brothers, so that made it a lot easier for me to actually write from a, a male's perspective. So, yeah, I actually found it easier because men aren't quite as intense as women. And so how did you evoke the sensation of male orgasm and the trembling in the ball sack and the subsequent travelling of seminal fluid up the vas deferens? Sensation, uh, you're talking about the penetration that right at that moment when a man like penetrates that wall and he goes, ah, that's probably the best word I can describe it. To spell that word would be A-A-R-G-H, I believe. That was entirely accurate. Correct. It was, it was perfect. I, t Spelling. I tend to actually say sorry. I'm usually finished by then, so I'm just <laughs> apologising. I normally have turned the lights down and gone to sleep, so... Trend for vampires, zombies, going to throw them in the next one, just, you know, ride on that wave. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about sewer rats, actually, which could mean, like, anyone. Sewer rats, yes. Well, that sounds like my sex life. <laughs> really? <laughs> what do you do with the tails that drop off? Well, it's more an explosion, but yeah. No, sewer rats. You know, even sewer rats have sex. They, they create and they just multiply like rabbits. 
that's true. Even sewer rats have sex. That's the most depressing, depressing condemnation I've heard all day. It's only me then. I'm the only one not doing it. It's the sewer rats are doing it great. Oh my god. It's an awful visual, isn't it? Even sewer rats have sex. Like, but they're getting more than me. Are they? You're still at the ruined keep, and your elven vision picks out beneath some of the broken wood and stone what appears to be a staircase going down into the depths of the earth. Oh my god. I'm nervous, but I've got my magical um, spell that I could always use, so I'm ready. And your your dragon friend, and it is okay to be afraid, though. It's okay to admit fear. Yes, but fear fear only makes you know me stronger. Mongru, are you there as well, Mongru? If I'm there, I'm always there. Okay, so you descend into the darkness now, as a half elf. You can see in the dark a little bit. You can kind of see hot and cold. Yeah. So you descend into the dark and the gloom. You smell, uh, uh, you know, moss and mushrooms, and um, it's it's um, yes, moldiness. It's very unwholesome. Is you, it wet and sticky. Uh, no, not quite. You appear to be in another room full of debris with an exit leading from the north and the east. But you do notice a figure standing in the darkness. It appears to be a human skeleton and pinpoints of red light appear in its eye sockets and you also see that a rat appears to be nesting in its skull the skeleton is standing up and holding a sword okay i've got my long sword all right so you want to attack with your long sword mongru mongru yes i will attack 11 or higher on the dice what do we have oh eight. Oh, it's a miss you swing your long sword but the skeleton with inhuman reflexes dodges out of the way the bone should be brittle but you see rippling blue light along its skeleton uh, some sort of malign force is keeping it animated. Oh, well, Mongru has to go take a topless photo. We'll wait for a moment. You can cover for Mongru. Okay, Mongru, what you've got to lower that? You need a ten or over, Mongru. Can I stealth? Can I stealth behind and backstab it? Oh, are you a thief, Mongru? Yes, you are. Okay, so Mongru is going to try to sneak, disappear into the sneaky shadows. Sneaky backdoor, Mongru. <laughs> sneaky backdoor, Mongru is going to attempt. Here we go, Mongru. Mongru's attempting to sneak. Yellow ones first. Yellow tens, okay. Mongru sneaks around. The skeleton doesn't even know Mongru is there. Mongru, you get a plus four to attack. Cool. Okay, so Mongru striking out of the shadows with its, what, it has one arm, which is a squid arm. Squid arm, a long sword in a squid arm. Are you admiring Mongru's masculinity? Yes, I'm loving his juicy squid arm. Yeah. Oh, no, not in my lubricated <laughs> Oh dear, the dice are okay. <laughs> okay, a flashlight longsword. Okay, so the long, yes, Mongru, you, you distract the skeleton with your flashlight longsword. And Mongru strikes it from behind and smashes it to pieces. <laughs> the sound of clattering bones, bones clattering to the floor. Okay, the room is now empty. Searching around in the debris, you find a small amethyst gem worth 50 gold pieces. Yes! yes. Winning! You could make a nice, I don't know, a nice engagement ring out of that. Something like that. It'd be good. So, Jim, a straight woman and her boyfriend, she just came up and she said that she wanted to pass you and asked if you were single. How do you feel about that? Uh, I kind of feel... Um, Honoured. Violated. 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 A little bit. Like, emotionally violated. Not flattered. 
she well, was so, she was so key. I know, I know. She was also very drunk, and that wasn't her boyfriend. That was her GBF, her gay best friend. Uh. Hello, sir, and I am speaking to... Picasso. Picasso, and can you describe your milieu, sir? Well, what I do is I paint portraits of people here with my penis. They're actually very good. Oh, thank you very much. People might expect, you know... I was expecting more of a Jackson Pollock kind of thing just because, you know the penis and what it does, but it's not like that at all, is it? I think I'm probably pretty good. Um, probably one of the best portrait artists in the world. <laughs> it's less less uh, impressionist or uh, abstract and more realist. Oh, it's very realist, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not like, I mean, if it was Jackson Pollock, that would give new meaning to the term blue poles. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. I was, it does get cold, though. <laughs> do you ever do uh, pop art, like Roy Lichtenstein style, so you have, like, you know, with the bam and the kapow? Mm, not really, no, no. I, I, I'm just sort of concentrating on portrait. I've been doing that, like, ten years now. And uh, I hope you're using uh, non-toxic paints. Uh, they are, yeah. I make them all myself now, because I, I used to use anything when I first started and had some real problems, yeah. <laughs> Have you painted the portrait of anyone famous, the Queen? They're always looking for more portraits of the Queen for, like, uh, the, what are the, the, the prizes for the different portrait prizes? What are they called? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Rolf, Rolf Harris. I always wanted to be like Rolf Harris until a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, like, the veneer kind of uh, came off there, didn't it? How, how can people contact you when you're not at an event? At Pricasso.com. There we go. Thank you very much, sir. I wish you all the best for tomorrow. Thank you so much. Hello, ma'am, and uh, you have an exhibitor pass. Can you tell us about yourself? My name's Melissa. Melissa. I'm two years of age. Uh-huh. And I have been doing sex posts for eight years. And uh, what are you an exhibitor of? The balloons and the deal of no deal. Uh, and there's some games. How do these games work? Okay, you buy two darts for $10, or you get six darts for $20. You pop the balloon. Behind the balloons is numbers. Every balloon's a winner. You add your numbers up, and you can get yourself a nice, big, fat dick. There we go. Sounds like something you might like, Jim. It does sound something like I, I might like that indeed. Yeah, I, maybe I should give it a go. In eight years of Sexpo, what has been your most rewarding moment personally? Talking to you guys right now. I highly doubt that. No, it is. Maybe talking to Jim's beard. That's true too. And what has been the least rewarding moment? Standing on my feet for 14 hours a day. We're starting to feel that ourselves now. We've only been here half the time. You need endurance skills. Yes, you do. What's the best prize? What's the what's the, uh, the biggest prize anyone can win? The monster cock. The monster cock. Or an hour with me. Ah. <laughs> with, the, with, with the monster cock or without? With the monster cock. An hour with you and the monster cock. So there's a number in a balloon somewhere. There is. Right. There is. Which and balloon is it? <laughs> I think you should play, Jim. Maybe I should. Although. Yeah, maybe I should. I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Let's do it. I wish you all the best. Get into that zen, zen frame of mind, Jim. Okay, okay. Um, right, I just need to I commentate. I need to focus on a prize. Focus. Focus. Jim is ready. Is aiming the dart. Is preparing. Is getting in the zone. He has popped the balloon. Did he get your number, ma'am? No, that's oh. 50 points. Oh, Jim. So, Jim, your professional review so far of the exotic tribal dancing by the men, half-naked men. It's, it's really hot because they have fire. It's hot. 
Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think what the backstory is. So they're in these leopard print, leopard print loincloths. Where did they crash land on an island? Did their plane crash? Possibly. And maybe they're trying to sacrifice that girl that's tied up to the chair, and they're going to eat her live on stage. They had to kill leopards for clothing because their clothes were ripped off in the crash. And they decided that dance was the the best way to call help from an airplane. Synchronized dance. Synchronized dance. It's, it's, of course, the best way to call help from an airplane. They were on their way to a business conference. Things went awry. I'm pretty sure that wasn't a business conference. Oh, they appear to have lost their uh, leopard print. How does that, what does that, what part of the story is that? Jim can't talk. Hey. Sparkly chick, get her off the stage. There's one woman on the island. I'm, I, I've, completely, I'm, I've completely lost track of the story now. I don't know what's happening in the story. The plot is gone. Apparently people want to see his member. That could be some... Perhaps I've reverted to primitive tribal uh, uh, worship of, you know, masculine virility, traditional symbols of fertility. Oh, now they're shaking their penises. How did you feel about that part of the show? Surprisingly underwhelmed. <laughs> really? Why? What could they have done that would have improved your experience? Um, you weren't happy. You weren't happy. I want you to elaborate as a critic. Okay, as a critic? I don't know. Firstly, I think I'm a bit too far away. I'd probably need to be closer to see. But it just looked a bit, I don't know, soft. I just don't know. I, I don't know how that contributes to the narrative either. They've completely broken the fourth wall for me. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, the storyline has gone completely out the window now. I don't know. Now they appear to be... Now they're doing synchronized penis showing. Is it like the Jungle Book, do you think? Mowgli. The Scouts was heavily based on that. Do you think this is like the book Scouting for Boys, which was originally uh, the Scouts handbook? Quite possibly, yes. Yes, I'm pretty sure this is exactly how the scouts originated. Scouting for boys. Naked buff men holding loincloths. Beginning of the scout movement. Dib, dib, dib. I don't see a woggle. You don't see a what? Woggle. A woggle. A woggle. What the hell's a woggle? A woggle from, from the scouts. I don't even know what that is. I was never in the scouts. I was never allowed. Oh. Actually, Jim, so now that I reflect, so a woman came up to you, flicking her hair, and said, can I pass you, are you single, right? That happened. Yes, it, it did happen. And then you said, yes, you're single, but you're gay. That happened, right? Correct. Then she said, pointing to me, she said, oh, so are you guys a couple? Yeah, she did. And then you said no. I, yeah, of course I did. And then she left. She didn't even think of asking me. That's correct. What, what were you expecting? Like, her to turn around and say, can I pass you instead? Oh, God. My life. Hello, so I am here with... Sharon Jennings from Sex Industry Network. And... And Dominique Corn. Dominique, and uh, what is the Sex Industry Network? Well, we're here to support the sex rights and well-being of sex workers in South Australia and promote decriminalisation of sex work in South Australia. I actually have no idea what the rules for that are. So is it criminalized at the moment? What's the deal? What is the situation now that needs to change? 
Yes, it is criminalised in South Australia. We're the only state in Australia where selling sex is a crime. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did not know that either. Of course, there's going to be a bunch of problems then if it's a crime because I assume there are support networks that could exist that don't because it's criminalised. Is that right? That's exactly right. There are no occupational health and safety standards for sex workers because we're criminalised. So, and what happens in the states where it isn't criminalised? What's the difference? There are different rules and different legislations for every state in Australia. Um, we're wanting decriminalisation as opposed to legalisation so that we just operate like any other job. As a balding, paunchy, ageing man, I'm very aware of... I don't know, in a way there's nothing nicer about living than seeing a pretty girl, but at the same time I'm very aware that there's nothing worse for a pretty girl than having balding, paunchy older men leering at them. It's a very complicated thing. I don't know how, you know, they need a support network. Even people that are in the sex industry need a support network just for dealing with old men existing in the world. There's nothing wrong with old men existing in the world. They love sex just as we love sex and just as you love sex. Well, I'm over 30, so it's all behind me. A wall descended, it's over for me. I'm a monk now. I don't believe that for a minute. Do you want to come behind our stall and we'll give that a try? <laughs> I, I've, like I said, I'm, I, I'd have to go to my Vesper prayers, praise the Lord, and bow down before the Virgin Mary, prostrate myself. That's, that's, all, that's all that's left for me in my life now. But I am interested in the rest of the situation and that there, I imagine there are some difficulties because not everyone is retiring when they should retire, perhaps. <laughs> retiring from what? Sex in general? Yes, men after a certain age should probably just retire. I think that would be safer for everyone. What do you think Viagra's for? Well, no, they should be throwing in the towel, so to speak, or putting the towel on and putting on the bathrobe and closing the window and just getting out of there and forgetting about it. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. We don't support that at all. So what are Sin's feelings on old, balding, paunchy men? If they've got the money to pay for it, we love them. <laughs> yes, there, there we go. That's a very honest answer. But, well, but still, that's horrible, isn't it? Having to, yes, there's the money, but then there's people having to have balding, paunchy men inflicted on them. That's not... Anyone with a sense of empathy surely they can't they can't allow that to happen in the world <laughs> there's something beautiful and attractive in everybody even if it's just the length of their tongue yes no i don't believe that i'm sure there are plenty of people that are very attractive jim's pretty good you're okay i'm yeah i'm pretty okay I'm, who am i kidding i'm i'm pretty stunning i mean everybody any age everybody deserves a little bit of sex and intimacy i disagree Ah, I'm sure that at some ripe old age, when you're in a nursing home, you're going to come across some, you know, a little bit of nice little tail in the nursing home and going to get a bit of that. Well, I, I'm probably at that point now. I'm pretty much at that point now, but I'm, re I, I'm trying to, you know, restrain that part of myself because other people have their own stuff going on and they don't need my stuff thrown in, into that mix as well. They should be safe. Well, that's what sex work is for. It's a straight transaction. Well, but that still, they'd be having a better time if they were transacting with nicer people. Younger, hotter, six-pack people, surely. Oh, no, personality is much more important when dealing with a client. What about beards? Do you think Jim would get a discount on his, with his beard? Beards are fantastic. <laughs> Do you have any of that? Yeah, I, I was just uh, wondering... If somebody was thinking about getting into the sex industry, I mean, do you have any advice for, for them? 
always choose clients with beards. That, that's just a given, but, I mean, that limits you to, you know, a small portion. But seriously, if someone was thinking about becoming a sex worker, I mean, do you have any serious advice for them? Well, and also Jim hasn't paid the rent for a few months and has got to get that money from somewhere. Yes, yes. I was trying not to allude to that, well, but... I just want to make it explicit. Fine. He's available. On a serious note, yes, I do have some good advice. Come and see SIN. We can train all new sex workers, male and female. We have peer educators from every walk of life, male, female, trans. To me, it just seems like it would be uh, an un unpleasant occupation because people would be coming to you. I mean, when do people decide to do it? They decide to do it when they're roaringly drunk. So you'd be dealing with like horribly drunk people coming in, stinking of alcohol, saying stupid things. The conversation wouldn't even be exciting. I don't know. I think if you were going to do it, you could set limitations. You could say, this is what I expect from you as a client. And just like people have an expectation of you as a worker, you could have those same expectations of your clients. It's, it's no different to, you know, any industry, really. When I buy coffee from someone, I can detect the loathing in their eyes. So I, I can't imagine what it would be like, that transaction. That would just be I'm pretty sure it's all in your head. No, no. That's actually the pet name for my penis. <laughs> Self-loathing, that's what it's called. So, uh, yeah. How do, uh, do, you t do you teach sex workers how to hide the loathing in the corners of their eyes? <laughs> we don't have loathing in the corners of our eyes and sex workers are very, very adept at placing boundaries. More like open, open laughter and point pointing and laughing. Yeah, much more like that. <laughs> what happens, yeah. Do you agree? Um, Basically, a lot of our clients aren't drunk and disorderly and all that kind of stuff, so that's one of the misconceptions of the sex industry. I mean, watching too many westerns with saloons and... You've got to remember that their clients have money. Oh, yes. Yes. That's why I have no familiarity with this industry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one final thing. Um, is, how, how is it best to contact you? Uh, you can contact us by dropping into our shop front, which is at 275 Henley Beach Road in under sorry 276 Henley Beach Road Underdale, or you can call us on 83517626, or you can look us up on Facebook or our website, which is sin.org.au. I want to we'll edit that just because I, then I want to see what happens to 275 Henley Beach Road. <laughs> the first time I've sent people there. <laughs> Thank you very much ladies. So Jim you have poised in your hand ice cream with lube on it. Correct I do. It's, it's meant to be really tasty. You're hesitating. It's lube. I mean it, there, there is no nutritional value. I did ask. None whatsoever. Oh. Is there a flavor value? Um, well this is apple teeny. It, it's um I believe like two parts apple to one part lemon blast. I'm hesitating because it's lube on ice cream. I mean, this isn't your traditional dessert right now, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take one for the team. Okay. Are you ready? Are I'm you ready. ready. Okay. I have no comment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey you've decided to undertake on your own. It's like a spirit quest, Native American on the spirit quest. Do I get experience for this? It's up to you. It's your spirit quest. It's your life. You decide what this means to you. It's an experience that you quantify in your own terms, your own spiritual terms. It's one level up plus a thousand free experience. It's lubing you into the spirit zone. Here's to eating. 
He's lubing himself into the spirit zone. It tastes like ice cream. On the plus side, I'm pretty sure if you were using this lube and you wanted to eat it or, you know... Your cock would be very cold. Uh, well, the ice cream is not part of the lube experience. Oh. It's just ice cream with lube on it. The, the lube itself, though, would probably taste really, like, okay. Like, it doesn't taste like lube. Let's put it that way. So if you did put this lube on your cock, would ice cream? Quite possibly, yes. Maybe with the, the, the mint one, it might have a cooling effect. Hmm. I should go ask that. Brain freeze! Now, hello, sir, and can you describe your shop? Yeah, actually, our shop is quite different with the others. We bring in the anime, the cosplay um, idea to the cesspool. Uh, uh, it's like the new idea. And we just try to like bring in something different and new style and just to enhance the life, the sex lifestyle for people. We go to Comic-Con and we see people in these costumes. They always tell us it's not a sex thing. It's got nothing to do with sex, but it can be. Yeah, exactly. That's why people just didn't think about it. So we just try to think in out of the box. Yeah. So and the swords, the swords are useful in the sex? Uh, not really useful, but I think if you use it for decoration, it decoration. will be like, yeah. A mood enhancer. Yeah, exactly. Now I have a wheelchair-bound ant who would like to uh, attempt some costuming. Do you have anything in XXL40? Wow. I can try to find it for you. Special order? Uh, yeah, maybe. She has a severe uh, skin disease, scabies. Um, is it easy to wash off blood and things like that? Yeah, yeah, that easy. Don't worry. She also has rickets, like a severe bone disease. Is it going to be easy to get on? Because if we have to move her too much, her bones may shatter. Maybe you can help him. Uh, I mean, you can help her. Any, anything with a built-in hernia belt? Um, I don't think so. Um, and, I mean, she also has some necrotic tissue under her folds of fat. Um, is that likely to uh, stain or does that wash out easily from these outfits? It's going to be quite easy to wash out because all of them is washable. That's good. That's excellent. Already high visibility so that if I was uh, wheeling her along the highway, she wouldn't get hit by a car. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, properly. Yeah. And you have love pillows. Oh, yeah. We've always been, we've, we keep asking people if they have love pillows. It's the first shop we've seen they actually have love pillows. Exactly. And we have the big one, extra large size. That is like 1.5 meters long. Uh, wow, yeah. That's good. It's almost like a real woman. Exactly, yeah. And they are very popular as well. Try to sell me a love pillow. I'm a potential customer. Give me the spiel. Sell me a love pillow. Um, we actually have one of our girls. We, hand, we hold the love pillow, the body pillow, and uh, they will let them try. Yeah, they try? Uh, yeah, they try. They're sturdy. They uh, hold up to uh, rough handling? Uh, some of them. But you don't sell them after they've been tried, though, do you? <laughs> no, we got the new stock for them. Don't worry. Okay, so there, is a, there are two passageways leading from this room, one to the north and one to the east. I'm going to choose, can I choose which way I want to go, like choose my own adventure? I'm going to go northeast. North, northeast? Through both, there's one in the north and there's one in the east. <laughs> I, want to do, I like both. Okay, I'm going to, I don't, I'll go gaily forward north. Gaily forward north, okay. Let's see what happens north. The broken stones crunch underfoot. The passageway leads you uh, into a room. Uh, you can feel, again, well, this one, you can feel the moisture in the air. You see that an underground river system seems to have broken through into this room. 
and the the middle of the room is um, completely swamped with water. They originally would have been in a depression. Now there is about 15 feet of water. You can see another exit on the opposite side, but you'd have to cross over the uh, small lake to get there. Any means of crossing over the lake, or are you just going to swim? I've got flotation devices. Flotation. I believe you have swimming as well. Where are we? Yes, I do. Have swimming. I've got swimming. Yeah, I'm going to swim. I'm going to swim like Ian Thorpe. Swim like Ian Thorpe. Okay. Sorry, so uh, just getting comfy. <laughs> We, all right, so you need to roll under 12 on a 20-sided die to successfully swim. Oh, seven, 17 is not very good. You jump in the water, you slip, you're coughing, you're spluttering, you're trying to get a hold of yourself. When rising... Yeah, I have to do some pictures. Right. Hold this, hold this, hold that thought. Hopefully Pamela Anderson will jump in the river and save me. Okay. Hello, ma'am. So uh, we are here uh, with... Kiki. Kiki. And Kiki, uh, obviously people can't see you because it's the radio. Can you evoke uh, your presence here today at uh, the, the uh, what I thought was Adelaide's Expo, but it's apparently Adelaide Sexpo, which is a completely different thing. Oh, yes, it's completely different. And I am a majestical creature of unicorn proportions. A maje a, you, oh, my God, a majestical creature. And are you having a uh, good time here today? I am having a fabulous time because I get to get naked. Ah, and why, wh how does that, why, why does that happen? Because I'm really sexy. Ah, sexy people get to get naked. So all your sexpotic dreams have come true? Oh, so many of them, but, but not, not quite enough yet. Not enough? Oh my god. What manner of sexpotism has not been fulfilled so far? Are you taking me for a lap dance? Ah, well, the lap dancers must have some difficulty because of course, I, like, for example, I'm an old fat paunchy balding man and you would obviously have to sometimes deal with you would always have to deal with old fat paunchy balding men and that must be unpleasant for you I tend to drink a lot and then I don't notice I mean sometimes the paunch could be like extra support it would be soft that would be alright I, I suppose so I mean I could like lose a heel in there though yeah that and they've got that kind of those necrotic underbelly folds where things are festering yeah just sort of like ugh unpleasant yeah so I mean I don't I don't envy I don't envy aspects I'm sure aspects of the job are great but I don't envy the aspect where you have to deal with old men like me yeah getting touched up by creepy old men isn't the best part but uh, there, there are worse there are worse what it, well no so what is the what is the best part what is that you don't have to say the worst what is the uh, less appealing part because for some people this is the ideal job well it would appear to be the ideal job if you know you have support of it that when family goes, oh, you're a stripper, we don't like you anymore. Yeah, that's probably the worst part. So what is the, what is the best part? The best part is, oh, God. There's too many good things. There's money and flexibility and the ability to travel and... Is it ever actually, I mean, if say, say there is someone uh, of the persuasion you're interested in there and they're young and attractive, is it actually enjoyable or is it just like, oh, they're, that, another client, another, you know, is it just a way... Is it ever something you enjoy or it's just like, ah, get this over with, get the money? Well, it's better than dancing for fat old men like you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there is, it is a plus then if you get to, yeah. It's a plus. It is a plus. Men with magnificent beards? Oh, definitely. I, I would love to have those rubbing over my nipples. Jim? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. It's speechless is what he is. I'm gay. I'm, it's, it's taken aback. It's not speechless. I'm gay. He's saying that because he, he's broke. I'm... Shut up! I'm, I'm only because I bought a thousand dollars worth of sex toys before. There we go. It's a problem. 
for a good night. So, uh, I don't know, would you like to give a shout-out to anybody? A shout-out to my boyfriend back home. And your supportive parents? Well, they're not supportive, so... Oh, no. <laughs> An indictment to unsupportive parents everywhere. Grr! Yeah. Fuck you, unsupportive parents. I'm yeah. not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but... Oh, well. You, 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 you can on our show. You can, you can beep it. There we go. That's what we want to... Yeah. That, that, all the unsupportive parents out there, screw you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to speak to us, ma'am, and for enduring yet another fat, bald old man. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad I get called ma'am. I'm moving up in the world. Had sex, but we met Johnny Hazeman. For those listeners not from Adelaide, Johnny is a tall, tough looking man who became known for being seen out and about in white gumboots and a pink tutu and other outlandish attire. His individuality and his I don't care what you think attitude made him an Adelaide icon and a hero for many. Alrighty, I am here with uh, Johnny, who is an Adelaide fixture. I think everyone, every South Australian knows who Johnny is. Hello, Mr. Johnny. Hello, Mr. Doom. And uh, you're, well, you're down here at Sexpo, what are you doing at Sexpo today? Uh, well, Sexpo, um, what am I doing? Uh, probably coming down to check out all the entertainment here and um, yeah, some pretty girls sit down here and um, nah, there's some good dancing and nah, it's pretty good and it's a good way to spend a Sunday afternoon, I think. <laughs> and you've been doing a, a little bit of performing yourself? Oh, I, no, I just come down and, you know, have a bit of a boogie or just dance along with the, you know, the music down here. And, um, no, it's pretty good watching the dancing and the, yeah, all the fashion and stuff here. So, yeah. But I, th- I think, yes, I think genuinely you have been an inspiration for many in South Australia. You are, I, mean, I don't know, at this point Adelaide without Johnny wouldn't be Adelaide. Do you, do you have a sense of that? Do you, are you aware of that? Do you feel that? Yeah, I don't live here anymore. I li- I've moved back home, which is up in Clare, 140 kilometres north of Adelaide, which is only an hour and, hour and a half, so it's not that far really. But I lived in Adelaide for 10 years. I moved down here in the mid-90s when they had the last Grand Prix on, um, in 95, I think. And, um, yeah, I ended up staying here for 10 years. And like, Adelaide's like a second home to me. I love Adelaide. And I've also like lived in Sydney, and like Adelaide's just like a big country town so it definitely is yes do you have any questions for johnny jim um i was just wondering you're you're wearing more clothes than i've ever seen you wear before uh what is that about uh well i guess uh when you come in here there's a bit of a dress code but actually i've been here to a few sexpos before i was here at the last sexpo in what 2008 and um yeah i saw like dressed up a bit they, they actually got me up on stage once like to just to do a bit of a dance which was a bit unexpected I didn't know what to do when I got up there but actually I've got my mankini uh, in my bag and um, I had that I did have it on uh, earlier on but because uh, I wanted to get a photo taken with one of the girls here or the celebrities and yeah, so I had my mankini on, but not now I'm uh, yeah pretty well casually dressed now. So oh, that's too bad. But I guess you don't you don't really. Everyone else is doing the scantily clad thing, so you don't need to do it yourself really, because you know that would be passe. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as different and exciting if everyone's walk around half naked. Yeah, I suppose you know, like I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of when you. I love fashion and. Yeah, it's just a pretty wide spectrum there when you're talking fashion. So, yeah, you can 
go one end or the other end or, you know, like somewhere in between. But it's, yeah. Now, I, I mean, I do want to mention fashion because I've seen you wearing more fashionable footwear before. And uh, today we have Crocs, which I, I love Crocs because they are very comfortable. But being, being someone who is famed for their fashion and their footwear, the Crocs today, what, is, what, what was behind that move? Yeah, so I'm pretty well known actually for gum boots and uh, like wearing the white gum boots. So I've still got a few pairs of those at home. I've still got the, I've got about five pairs of gum boots at home and like the white ones. And uh, yeah, no, the the um, what are they? Crocs? Yeah, the uh, you know they're quite fashionable too, I reckon, because like they're pretty cheap. Like you can get them from cheap as chips for I don't know a couple of bucks or something. So. I have them and people make fun of me when I wear them and I'm like, they're so comfortable, man. I'm going to keep wearing. Maybe you're anticipating next season's fashion. Maybe, you know, everyone's all about the ironic fashion. Maybe Crocs are going to come back in and you're pioneering. Yeah, I've actually got about 10 pairs myself at home, like from Cheap as Chips. Well, I shouldn't really, I mean, I'm promoting Cheap as Chips, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got about 10 pairs at home and um, like all different colours and yeah, they are quite, um, like, you get a bit hooked on them, I think, so. I think we're safe. Saying you can get Crocs from Cheapest Chips, that's not a promotion. That's the <laughs> we're, we're okay there. Is there anything that you would like to see happen or do at Sexpo so far that you haven't done yet that you're looking forward to later in the day? Uh, no, I reckon, like, they've, um, it's pretty good how they've got it here at the Entertainment Centre. I reckon it's much better than the, um, the last one was at the Adelaide Showgrounds, and... I reckon this is actually my first time here in the uh, Adelaide Entertainment Centre and I reckon it'd be pretty good coming to see a concert or something here. If it's at the showgrounds, you just notice that it's a bit like the show, but there's no petting zoo, I can't pet anything. I can look, but I can't pet. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's a bit like the, I don't know, the zoo or something, or yeah, you can't really... You know, pet the animal. I can't feed. I can't feed the adult entertainers either. It's it's a disappointment. Yeah, oh, you have to pay them though. Like you got to pay them. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I, they only take money, but yeah. They should sell bags of feed or like I don't know, bags of red wine, so that you can like lure lure the adult entertainers over. Here you go. Scratch them under the chin. Give them some red wine. That would be better. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for speaking to us, Mr. Johnny. We hope you enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, we hope to see you down in Adelaide more often. No worries, thanks. It's been a bit empty without you, sir. Yeah, I still get try and get down to Adelaide as much as I can, and I, um, yeah, no, it's, I love Adelaide. It's a good place, and yeah, keep rocking, Adelaide. So we're just waiting while our players go and uh, take some topless photos. Not usually a problem. No, not usually, because I'm not allowed to. Well, I, you can do it. I told you, just don't. Stop tagging me in them when you put them on Facebook, that's all. I don't want to be your left man boob, I told you. You need to give it a different name. Fine, I will. Or is, I, is it just that Facebook tends to see my face in that? Because, you know, sometimes that happens. It'll, like, say, do you wish to tag a friend that's looking at your left man boob? <laughs> Probably. It's totally, it's totally an auto thing that Facebook does. Damn it. So I didn't realize the resemblance is that strong. Alrighty. I'm back. So you're struggling in the water when you see rising from the beneath the surface of the water uh, two bulbous glistening eyes. There appears to be a giant toad hiding in the water. You might need Mongru's help here. Now, Mongru, you were suggesting something? Uh, well, I have lots of like sea creature parts. I could probably swim in the water and save you. 
However, the toad is coming. Perhaps I should attack it with my sling. What's your priority, to attack the toad or to save your friend? Attack the toad! She's violent, she wants you to attack the toad. Vicious, anti-toad. Perhaps I can knock the toad out before she drowns, and then I can save her too. Maybe. A hero! Maybe, and then you can... Alright, so, make a roll. Alright, that's a hit. Let's see how many hit points that toad actually has. Eight, nine, ten, and twelve. Twelve hit points. It's covered in lube. That dice is covered in lube now. Okay, so you got what? Two damage. Yes. Okay, it's just it's it's slightly injured. Uh oh, the toad is hit. That's going to be problematic. The toad has done. Oh no, five damage. Poor Trinity. Poor Trinity. She's on two hit points. Two. When she comes back, she's not going to be happy. She just got bitten by a toad. How do you feel about that? Oh my god, I would like to bite her. He didn't manage to do much damage to the toad. It is mauling, it is mauling your legs, trying to drag you underwater. You've taken some damage. You have two hit points left. You're feeling quite sick. Your blood is in the freezing cold, dirty water. Oh no. Your, life is, green. your life is flashing before your eyes. You can still attack in the water yourself, though. Attacking. You're going to have a minus because of the water. So you want to roll... What is a giant toad? Armor class again. Six, so you need to roll. That's not enough. You miss, unfortunately. Oh, it's down to Mongru. Mongru. This is Ben Richards and Veronica from Sexy As Lingerie. Sexy As Lingerie. A lot of costumes, a lot of lingerie. Now, if you were trying to win back the affections of a cheating partner... Uh, Nothing to do with you. It's a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's definitely not my boyfriend. I mean... Um, costumes what would you recommend uh probably the heartbreaker or homewrecker oh it's so gym or perhaps to put out a domestic emergency you could be the fireman mm. or woman. could i set him on fire first that yes and then you could put him or her out it worked for jane Eyre. it could totally work for for me too yeah you could be like jane in rochester <laughs> romantic so romantic oh. sexy as fire department absolutely what do you think could do the job? Or if you want to be a bit more submissive in the relationship, you could be the French maid? No, no, no. I, I want to be oh. the top. Oh, all right, on top. Okay, well, then I would probably go for uh, maybe something a little bit more military-inspired. What about for me? I'd, need, I'd obviously need something that is tight in the belly area because both of my paunch and uh, hernia issues and something with a hat to cover up my balding. Anything you can recommend there? Yeah, I would recommend the beaded and sequined bikini set. They'll cover my man boobs too. Absolutely. Except then my gut would hang out and my necrotic underbelly folds would overhang the bikini bottom and there'd be all the standard mold issues. Well, as we like to say at Sexy As, it's not the costumes and lingerie that are sexy. It's you, baby. There we go. Sexy As, bro. Thank you very much. Hello, ma'am. And can you introduce yourself to the audience at home? Hi, my name's Helena. I'm with Switch SA. And, and what is Switch SA? We're the local BDSM fetish crew. Aha, uh-huh. and how does, how does one join the local BDSM fetish crew? It's not so much joining. We take over uh, Mars Bar once a month uh-huh. and we just show and demonstrate how BDSM can be done safely. There's no initiation ritual, secret handshake? <laughs> no, not really. It's just coming along and just trying something new. 
Uh, um, and so for people who are interested, how does one make the decision to join? The, because there, And there are different roles, aren't, aren't they, that you've got to decide which one you would like to fulfill or do people swap? Yeah, there's dominance and submissives, definitely, but there's no real decision. You just come along, decide to just be a voyeurism, be voyeuristics and just watch on one night and just see what takes your fancy, really. Uh, now, I am filled with self-loathing, yet I don't like pain and I don't like being insulted. How can I work through that self-loathing in an appropriately erotic way? Well, there is different ways through pleasure. Um, just gentle touching, soft <laughs> caressing, touching. Yeah, no, I don't think I deserve pleasure. I think, you know, I. Uh, the self-loathing is strong enough. I mean, I could see myself whipping myself with a switch, but it wouldn't be a pleasurable thing. It would be purely because I, I deserve it. Well, then maybe you just want to punish yourself. Maybe. Maybe BDSM would be for me. Maybe. Have you ever considered it, Jim? You punish me every day. That's true. I am a dungeon master in Dungeons & Dragons, the G20s, 20-sided die, so that's a little bit similar. There's probably some crossover. So maybe we could find some way for you to either punish yourself or find someone to punish you. Yes, well, I often punish the players. They make up a new character and then I make them meet a fire giant in the first adventure and they all get killed. Yeah, well, the main thing is as long as it's done safely and all with permission, that's the main thing. Well, this is all done with paper and dice and Doritos as well, sometimes Doritos, which they're not safe if you eat them as much as we do, but that's all right. <laughs> Absolutely. I've actually noticed there, uh, there's a, a huge amount of interest here. Every time there's been a display on in this area, it's been completely packed. Absolutely. Everyone likes a little bit of pleasure. Everyone loves a bit of pain. We just, as long as everyone wants to get involved, we welcome it. It's one of those things where it is a clear distinction between the reality of something and the, the fantasy of it. And, you know, people will watch a war movie, but they're not going to go out and kill people kind of thing. And yet we don't seem to realize that distinction so much with pornography and sex. People are like, oh, if that's happening in pornography, obviously they want to do that in real life. And it's, it's not like that, is it? It's like these situations rely on there being a line between fantasy and reality and people completely understanding that. Absolutely. You've got to set your minds. You've got to set your rules. You've got to set your goals. You've got to constantly talk to your partners and know what's going on set your boundaries in a way that it's maybe a much more honest form of sex then because people are very open about where the line between fantasy and reality is for them and they're able to express all that stuff that other people might you know keep repressed a husband might have some fantasy but he never dares tell his wife because she would think he's a creep without it you know realizing that it's just a fantasy i don't know uh, exactly right. You need to have that open communication, it's, even if it's just in a kink fetish form or even if you're talking about an open marriage or open partnership. More partners or less partners or talking about gay partnership. It doesn't matter. The communication has to be there. I've still never managed to make Jim dress as I dream of Jeannie. It's never going to happen. I don't have the legs for it. Please. I don't have the legs for it. I can't do it. Also the hips. There's none there. Me and, me and Jim aren't actually a couple. It just gets very boring in our house sometimes on Sundays. But it's a harem skirt. Yeah, there you go. See, she agrees. You should call me master and you should wear the I Dream and Genie outfit. No. Sir, can you tell us about the difficulties of, of having to just wear a G-string at the sex fall? Most definitely. Men's balls are always cold. It's always cold. Like a man's balls are cold, but, but not wearing anything, that's, that's just very cold. Do you have any exercises or anything you can do to warm yourself up? Lunge. 
lunge. Lunges. Lunges always work. Lunge. Or the stroke. You got to stroke that shit. Yeah, stroke, stroke and lunge. That's a. The, yeah, that's that's definitely the one. Stroke it and then lunge it. Are you cold, ma'am, at the moment? No, I'm not cold. I'm actually really warm because like you're all hot. It's, there we go, Jim again. <laughs> it was good. It's just the beard. It's they don't see anything else but the beard. Hello, and I am here with Aria. And you uh, are working for Risque Shop. And what does a Risque Shop specialize in? Well, predominantly at the moment, shoes, but we sell beer pong tables and um, hens and bucks night goodies, as well as promote. We have an entertainment agency as well. So, I noticed on your sign it says adult toys. Yes. Now I'm into adult toys. I have a uh, 12 inch um, uh, Batman collectible. Quite a lot of money. I mean, I took it out of the box, obviously, so the value has reduced. Uh, also, a, 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 a deluxe 12 inch Luke Skywalker. Is there anything here that could go with my existing adult toy collection? Um. Well, we, well, we have a piñata that might stand a little bit taller than your Luke Skywalker, but I'm a little jealous. We can swap. Yeah. Luke Skywalker, you can take my piñata. All right, yeah, so it's a piñata. It looks a little bit reminiscent of a penis, but perhaps it could stand in for some form of droid from Tatooine. Maybe paint it grey. A grey. shape, maybe. A grey droid from Tatooine. Yeah. Maybe. That could work. Possibly. Do you have anything here that would particularly go well to accompany my Hulk fist? I've got a Hulk fist, you hit it against the wall and it makes noise. Again, it's an adult toy. Unfortunately, I don't stock any fists here, but maybe down the hall. Oh, no. I'm sure they've got some. And what makes it an adult toy? Is it because there are small parts that a child should not swallow? Definitely. And you don't really want a child putting their mouth around one of those straws. No, they're not safe. No, not very. Then should you be selling them as straws if they're not, if they're not safe to put in your mouth? That's why they're called adult toys. Adult toys. Adult toys because you're taking the risk and you're willing to let yourself die from some form of plastic poisoning by using the products sold by entice California exotic novelty. Accidental asphyxiation, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The bigger ones, the bigger ones are safer. Ah, right, yes. Shaped like very large. Well, perhaps that could be some form of bat villain. The giant cock straw. I'm sure that King Clock in Batman. It's close. Very well, yeah, yeah. Good like yeah is there a try before you buy? Obviously. And probably not with the straws. No. <laughs> if you wanted to blow the inflatable penis up, ah. go for gold. Okay. I could do that. I'm really good at blowing penises up. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you very much. How much does the value decrease if I take any of these adult toys out of their packaging? Is there like a Mylar kind of vacuum-packed solution? Not quite the same as when it comes to your Luke Skywalker or your Batman. It's not quite the same sort of deal. They're made to be taken out of the box. Oh, that's good. So, I, I, yeah, I always feel guilty when I open, open them up and I know that's $100 of value that I'm losing, but here would be okay. No, no, these are made to play with. All right, yes. So, uh, some adult toys. Not as exciting as my Luke Skywalker because I can't uh, stick it up my asshole for anal pleasure like I do with Luke, but thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have fun at Sexpo. Do you wish to continue? There's only one way now. Backwards is the lake you just passed, or you can continue forward down the tunnel. Do you want to go down the tunnel, Mongrel? Of course I'll go down the tunnel. The black, dark tunnel. Yep. You move forward into a large room, but there's a crevasse in the middle. You see a door on the opposite side, but the center of the room has collapsed, perhaps due to an earthquake, and you somehow need to cross a 15-foot crevasse. Do you have any ideas on how you might get across that pit? Mongrel. I don't know. I have no idea. I'll probably jump. Hang on. It's a bit too far to jump. You have a rope. You have a bow and arrow. You need to get across somehow. You need to think your way. 
through the problem. Anyway, you can think of getting getting over to the other side of this pit. Ah, I think I'm dead. What else do we have? Do we have anything else? Signal whistle. Oh, you, she has a dragon friend, a small dragon friend that can fly. She, it's too small to fly a person over, but it could fly the end of the rope over. Yes, let's throw... Yeah, let's do that. All right, she, uh, Trinity, you can telepathically command your dragon friend to fly across to the end of the rope. Oh, to uh, <laughs> To tie the rope to the door handle on the opposite side. Um, okay. More telepathic noises, please. Wum, wum, wum. The door opens as you're uh, as you're crawling across, but from behind the door you hear a small voice. Someone has come to save me! Oh my! You get across the other side and running from that the behind that doorway you see the halfling mayor's daughter. Yes! Now I can do whatever I want! She says, you've come to save me, haven't you? Yes, save you and save you. Oh, no. So, uh... <laughs> save you and fulfill all your wildest fantasies. You completed your quest. Yes! Are you happy, Mongru? I love it. It's great. You're, you're heroes. You're a hero. You've successfully played Dungeons and Dragons. Pardon? You've successfully played Dungeons and Dragons. I did it the first time and I loved it. I'll do it again. Thank you for role-playing with us, Ms. Trinity. My pleasure, darling. Thank you so much. I'm seriously going to go home and get Dungeons & Dragons, but in real life. Oh, dear. I'm going to make my own dungeon and buy a dragon suit. Thank you for having us. Thank you for playing. And thank you, Ms. Trinity's friend. Shantae, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.